like to remind you that if you are experiencing symptoms of a heart attack, stroke, or any life-threatening medical emergency, please call 911. Please do not delay seeking treatment during the COVID-19 epidemic. Most Providence emergency rooms are open, and CDC-required safety measures are being taken to protect patients and hospital staff. If you are unsure of your symptoms, please use our telehealth services and speak with a healthcare professional that can better assess your symptoms and provide direction on the best course of action. Please do not let the worry of COVID-19 cause delay in seeking out treatment if you are experiencing a heart attack or stroke. Every minute treatment is delayed can be fatal. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the future of health on Dash Radio during this coronavirus pandemic. We're lucky to have many experts around our COVID-19 topic and many guest hosts. Remember to visit coronavirus.providence.org for more information. All right. Good afternoon. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining us again for our next iteration of the Facebook Live. I'm Dr. Amy Thompson. Um, I'm a pediatric hospitalist by training. I still practice um, some, but then uh, they talked me into the dark side of administration. So I'm now the chief executive officer at Covenant Children's um, Hospital. I do want to read just a couple of disclaimers and then I'm so excited to introduce um, our guest to you today. So remember um, that the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for, for professional medical advice. Always consult your healthcare provider to determine the appropriateness of the information for your own situation. And if you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult your physician. Uh, participating in this event with this clinician does not create a physician-patient relationship. So um, I'm very excited we can go ahead and get started. So it's, I'm very excited um, to introduce to you Dr. Rajri um, Nambudrapat. Did I say that well? Did I do good? Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Thompson. Thank you. Very good. We're so grateful to have you today. And so I would love for you just to tell our guests just a little bit about what it is that you do and kind of what your expertise is. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm an internal medicine doctor and I have my own private practice in Fullerton called OC Integrative Medicine. And my practice is a little bit unique in that I do um, integrative functional medicine, which um, incorporates a lot of holistic approaches. So we look at diet, nutrition, and lifestyle. And so my training was originally in traditional internal medicine. I did my residency at Northwestern in Chicago. And then I did some additional training in gastroenterology at UC Irvine. Um, and then um, after I got married, I had a very unique experience in that I got to work with my husband and my mother-in-law in their practice for a couple of years. And I served as a primary care doctor in their practice. And um, my mother-in-law, her name is Dr. Devi Nambudrapad. She's actually known around the world for her technique in alternative medicine, um, NAET, uh, which stands for Nambudrapad's Allergy Elimination Technique. And so that gave me a very unique perspective on other ways to treat patients. And that's kind of what inspired me to get into integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. What I love about it is it really combines the best of conventional Western medicine along with all the holistic approaches like the diet, nutrition, uh, lifestyle. And then also we're able to do a lot of additional testing sometimes to figure out what is the root cause of a patient's symptoms. And often we trace it back to something in the diet or a vitamin deficiency or something in the gut. And once we correct that root cause, we see such an improvement in their health. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's so interesting. Thank you. Yeah. How, 
how what a blessing that you have all of that um, of that within your own family that you have. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, to those things. So talk just a little bit. You know, I, I know that there's so much emphasis on this, and we even talk, you know, with our patients in pediatrics about this as well. But talk about nutrition and and talk about how it is that you feel like a diet the the diet that you eat does affect your health. Oh yeah, great question. So the diet is so fundamentally important to our health. You know, uh, that's why I emphasize it so much in my practice. Um, so really the food that we eat is fuel for each and every cell in our body. And it's actually information because it determines how our genes are going to be expressed. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we all have our own genetic makeup that we're born with that we can't change. But mm -hmm. the food that we eat then influences the way our cells are going to divide, the way they're going to be expressed. So it's very, very powerful. And uh, what's interesting is we're constantly turning over cells in our body. So like every 35 days or so, we replace uh, the skin on our body. You know, every four weeks, we're regenerating all the cells in our liver. And so this is all made from the food that we're eating. So what you eat literally becomes you. And the other amazing thing is the foods we eat influence strongly the types of bacteria that are going to grow inside our gut, known as the gut microbiome. And the, that's the whole ecosystem of trillions of bacteria. And we now know that those bacteria heavily influence our overall health. So they can influence inflammation in our body, you know, our metabolism, our hormone, our mood, you know, our sleep. So all of that comes from the diet, you know. And um, so that's why I always think you want to give your body the best quality food possible. And one of the things I see in my practice is once we clean up a patient's diet, we see such a transformation in their health. Like sometimes we're even able to reverse disease, like certain things like diabetes, high blood pressure, fatty liver disease. We can see that get reversed and we see patients lose substantial amounts of weight. Um, we see their energy improve. Um, and we see symptoms of inflammation go down. So like their joint pains, their body aches, we see that, that go away. And sometimes I have patients who have, you know, chronic headaches their whole life and all of a sudden no more headaches because they cleaned up the diet. So it really is that powerful. That's fantastic. Yeah. And as, as a pediatrician, um, this is something that we talk about a lot with our kids and especially, and um, I talk about the difference from when I trained um, in pediatrics, there was all this stuff, like all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah heart disease and all this stuff. And I joke that when I was in residency, we just kind of tuned some of that stuff out because kids didn't have this and that, you know, yeah. really something that we were going to be dealing with, but we're seeing more and more of this in the pediatric age. And so wow. yeah. I'm so on board with this kind of a conversation is because I think if we could actually help those kids learn this information that you're talking about sooner, I think we would have a lot less adults. Um, oh, absolutely had all of these issues so that's that's so exciting okay so you hear on the internet i'm going to say gut health so you know everyone talks about this gut health and you know I, when i look at the stores and and you see stuff you know there's all these diets that now talk about inflammation that you've yes. you know re referred to and so talk to me about gut health and kind of like you know help us understand exactly what that means because you folks are hearing that a lot you know in the news and in these places Talk to us about that and why it's so important. Oh, absolutely, yes. So I actually trained in gastroenterology at UC Irvine, so I've always been interested in the digestive tract. But it turns out the gut really is the core of our health, you know? 
Um, first of all, it's like the gateway to your immune system. So you have trillions of immune cells that line your GI tract that are the first line of defense against any viruses or bacteria that, that you're exposed to. And so that's, a, a, you know, a lot of times when there's inflammation in the gut, we see issues with the immune system as well. Um, for example, we can see that autoimmune disease sometimes flares or gets triggered when there's inflammation in the gut. Um, and then it also comes down to that gut microbiome, so that ecosystem of trillions of bacteria. And we really influence what type of bacteria are going to grow inside of us based on our food choices. And we know that these bacteria, they're releasing all these bioactive substances that can influence, again, our immune system, our metabolism, our hormones, pretty much all aspects of our health, even our mood. Um, the other fascinating thing is we actually make a lot of our brain neurotransmitters in the lining of our gut. So like serotonin, dopamine. So that's why research is now acknowledging there is a gut-brain axis. And so sometimes we even refer to the gut as the second brain. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times when patients are suffering with like constipation or bloating, we see that, that it affects their mood as well. And once we're able to get them to have good bowel movements, they feel so much better. Their mood is improved. Um, the other big thing about the gut is it's one of the main ways you eliminate toxins from your body. So if you have those good bowel movements every day, you feel so much better. You know, a lot of patients who are constipated, um, it affects them. It causes like them to recycle toxins from their bowels and they don't feel as well. So that's really why I love emphasizing the gut health in my practice. And I often do like additional testing, like functional testing um, and a detailed stool analysis to figure out is there inflammation, you know, how healthy is their microbiome. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, um, you know, the part where you talk about that you, you know, turn your cells over. I, I have a son who's now in college and I remind him of this and this is why um, he must wash his sheets. And oh, yeah. you're, you're, I'm like, no, that this is not the same skin that you had. Oh, absolutely. Two months ago. But what's been interesting with him as well is I feel like we have talked a lot about nutrition with him. He's an athlete. Um, and it's been interesting to watch him go on his own and make some of these realizations that you're talking about, which is, I feel better, you know, oh, doing better in athletics. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff better now that I've cleaned up my diet. And so absolutely. I do think it's a, it's a really important part of, of what it is that we see. So, you know, in the world of COVID, I can't do anything without actually asking, um, you know, a question that has a relation to, um, to COVID. So have, is there anything specific to COVID or have you changed any of the recommendations, you know, that you're giving to people about their nutrition um, in relation to COVID? Oh, sure, sure. Um, I think, you know, probably eating at home is probably a good idea um, just so that you're aware of how the food was prepared and how it was handled. Mm -hmm. um, we're definitely encouraging patients to keep up their um, intake of vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. That's where you get all the protective phytonutrients and antioxidants, vitamin C from food. Um, you also want to hydrate, 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 because that's why you flush out every cell of your body. So it's so important for your immune system, especially right now. It's, you know, it's summertime. It's so hot. Um, so just reminding patients to drink plenty of water and even sometimes to put a little uh, squeeze of lemon and a pinch of salt. Sometimes that helps get the electrolytes into the cells better. Um, so that's primarily what we're recommending. And also to avoid refined sugar. 
Sometimes when you're in quarantine, it's easy to get into the comfort foods, you know, and dabble in sugar. But sugar does cause more inflammation in the body and it lowers your immune system. So you want to try to stay away from that as much as possible. That's great. Yeah, we uh, we were laughing at our house the other day that um, my my son went out to do some shopping when you know all this when all the the COVID thing started, and I was working here at the hospital, and I was going into the refrigerator the other day, and I was like, we can eat none of this. <laughs> Um, and he was joking that that was the only thing that had been available. So I also think during this COVID, there has been some times that local places have been having a hard time getting yeah. the the fresh fruits and vegetables and, and some of those things. And so I do think one of the things we have been emphasizing here as well is, you know, trying to get back to that kind of healthy eating. Because I know folks were thinking, you know, for a long time, some of those things weren't even available. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. So talk to me a little bit more, like talk to me a little bit about what foods you think specifically. So you've mentioned some of them, but kind of even go with like food groups and different foods help encourage a stronger immune system and kind of cut down on that inflammation. You've said the one that I love, which is sugar, but yeah. So so one of my favorites is the leafy greens because leafy greens, like the dark ones. So anything you like, it could be arugula, it could be baby spinach, kale, lettuce. They are so full of nutrients, you know, folate, magnesium, calcium, vitamin C. And so they're so good for your gut uh, microbiome, reducing inflammation. So that's a big one that I really like. Um, Lemon and lime is also great. So you can use lemon juice and fresh lime juice in your salad dressings. You just mix it with extra virgin olive oil and you have a really nice fresh salad dressing. Um, you can also sip on lemon water uh, or lime water throughout the day because they're so alkaline and reducing inflammation and you're getting that fresh vitamin C. Um, garlic is also great. So garlic has an active compound known as allicin, which mm-hmm. is very antimicrobial, antiviral, and it, you know it adds great flavor to your food as well. And then um, oregano. So oregano is you know the Italian or Mediterranean uh, herb but oregano has anti-inflammatory, anti-microbial properties too. So um, just add that to your food. Um, nuts and seeds are great if you digest them because nuts and seeds have so many trace minerals. So you're gonna get your zinc. Zinc is so big for the immune system. Um, you wanna keep up your intake of omega-3 fatty acids because that's very anti-inflammatory. And great sources of omega-3s are wild fish, so like wild salmon, and then as well as uh, pasture-raised eggs. And um, vitamin D. So vitamin D is huge for the immune system. And uh, great food sources are also wild salmon and eggs as well are also great sources. And then dairy products if you tolerate dairy products. Okay, very good. Yeah. You can think of? Um. I think spices are also good. So if you're feeling a little under the weather and you want to boost your immune system up, you know, adding a little black pepper, black pepper also activates the immune system. Um, and then cooking with turmeric. Um, turmeric is that Indian yellow spice. Yeah. has a lot of anti-inflammatory benefits and boosts up your immune system. Yeah, I've even seen some of the turmeric on, like they're selling itself now at some, at some stores, like as supplements and stuff. Oh, so- Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I have a lot of the turmeric or the curcumin supplements as well. So I get asked this question a lot when I'm talking uh, with my patients and stuff about is they say, so is it imperative, 
you know, obviously, um, I always say this is all the stuff that our moms taught us, which is we should eat our vegetables, we should eat, you know, fruits. Um, but what about organic? Do you think it's, do you think you have to buy organic? I get asked this question all the time. Yeah, so, you know, um, I think that organic does make a difference. Um, the organic produce has more uh, nutrient content mm -hmm. and sometimes even tastes better. So if you've ever compared an organic apple to a regular apple, big difference in taste. But what I recommend, because of the cost, I encourage people to get familiar with the Dirty Dozen list. Okay. But those are the top um, 12 items that are highest on the pesticide rating. Okay. And try to buy those items organic. And then um, just do the best you can, even if you can't buy everything organic. Um, so the top like that are highest in pesticides are like anything that's fuzzy, you know, like uh, peaches or mm -hmm. berries. Um, apples are also one of the highest on the dirty dozen. Celery, uh, leafy greens. Those types of things try to buy organic. That's a great suggestion, and I love that. We'll we'll make sure that um, that we remember to. I like the dirty dozen, so I'll. I'll, I'll Google that. That's that's really good. But I, that's what I've been told before is that um, if we can buy as many things. And But the thing that I always tell my patients is if you're someone um, who is on a budget and you're really worried about your budget, it is still better for you to buy fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fruits and vegetables. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's great. So what about like when you're thinking about like stress levels and like your mood, you know, kind of mental health? Are there any particular foods that you would really encourage people, um, you know, in that regards? Yeah, great question. Um, so I really like herbal teas. Um, mm -hmm. One of my personal favorites is the Rose Tulsi Tea um, by Organic India. Okay. And Tulsi is holy basil. So it's an adaptogenic herb, meaning it helps with the stress response. So I find it very calming and soothing. And so sometimes drinking herbal teas is really nice, helps you handle stress. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, also dark chocolate. So I'm <laughs> really dark chocolate. So like 90% if you can get to like that. Um, it has a lot of antioxidants and flavonoids. So it's really, I, I find it boosting to the mood. Um, it has a tiny bit of caffeine as well. Um, and then I think that, you know, sometimes it's nice to get recipes to, um, to bake things that are healthier versions of traditional comfort foods. So for example, I love baking like healthy paleo muffins. And, yeah. Um, you know, with healthy ingredients like almond flour, coconut flour, eggs, olive oil. So that way, you know, it's a nourishing, nutritious snack, but it's still kind of comforting because it, it's like a muffin, you know, yeah. ingredients in it. Um, and then fruit. I think fruit, there's so much wonderful fruit in season right now because it's summertime, you know, and fruit is like nature's candy. So it's better to have fruit than to have a refined sugar. Yeah. You know? So find the fruits that you enjoy. You know, I personally love peaches. Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of great food right now. That's awesome. Peaches are my favorite as well. <laughs> on that. So you know, you've also talked a little bit about hormones. And so talk about balancing of your hormones, you know, food. Um, talk about, you know, if there's an effect on that. Yeah, absolutely. So actually hormones is something I specialize in my practice. Well, I see lots of women who are suffering from thyroid disorders mm -hmm. or they have menstrual issues like irregular periods or menstrual cramps. Um, some of them have like actual diagnoses like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, others have something called estrogen dominance where their estrogen levels are higher and the progesterone not balancing it. So they get symptoms like endometriosis or fibroids. 
Um, I also see a lot of men in my practice, and some of them are suffering from like high estrogen levels and low testosterone. So what we do for these patients is the first step is just cleaning up the diet. So we want to take out all the inflammatory foods. So that's the refined sugar. We want to cut out all the vegetable oils. Um, I definitely see a relationship between the vegetable oils, which are like canola, corn, soybean oil, and menstrual cramps. So when patients cut it out, a lot of their menstrual cramps improve. Um, and then we try to gradually ramp up their intake of vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cruciferous vegetables, so these include like broccoli, cauliflower, uh, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. These all have a special uh, role in hormone balance because they have these compounds called um, endo-3-carbonyl and mm -hmm. diindolylmethane, which help uh, metabolize the estrogens better. So it helps a lot of these patients who suffer from estrogen dominance or mm -hmm. for men who are suffering from high estrogen levels. Um, then the other thing we find is that alcohol can also really affect hormones. Um, so when um, a person is consuming alcohol, you know, the liver has to focus on metabolizing the alcohol. So it doesn't do as good a job metabolizing the estrogen. So one thing we observe in women, for example, who are estrogen dominant is that just one glass of wine will raise their estrogen levels like 30%. Hmm. Yeah, so when they come back on the alcohol, we see improvement in the estrogen levels. And same thing with men. So like, so let's say someone's drinking beer every day. When they cut out the alcohol, estrogen levels go down. And um, the other thing we find in men is when they cut out some of the non-organic dairy products, maybe non-organic poultry, they get less exposure to the xenoestrogens, which are those chemical estrogens that they're getting from foods. Um, so again, going more in an organic direction, we see improvement in the hormones as well. That's great. I do. Um, I suffer from polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. That one of the biggest things um, that I have done with my OB physician is to do the diet that you're talking about. So specifically, um, I have been able to have a lot of improvement of those symptoms simply from changing my so I would give a big shout out yeah. you know, to people um, that are thinking, gosh, is it is it really true that you can just with, you know, a, a change in your diet? And obviously we want you to talk to your physician, you know, about things. So they were really able to tell me the specific things for PCOS um, right. that are helpful for those symptoms. So um, I'm living proof that really the, the change in diet really can, uh, can make a huge difference with your symptoms. Yeah. All right. So there's people who are watching this and they're like, this is awesome, but it can feel, and I, I hear this from folks, it can feel so overwhelming about, you know, how it is that you kind of make this change. Um, and so what are some easy ways to incorporate kind of some of the things that you've talked about into, I mean, our busy schedule? I always feel like the, the hardest thing for me is I'm busy. And so making sure that I take time to prepare. Um, but talk to us about what are some of those suggestions? Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I just recommend, you know, when you go grocery shopping, you want to get a large assortment of vegetables. That's your main thing. But if you're super busy and you're not sure when you're going to use it, you can also buy frozen vegetables. Mm -hmm. As long as there's no other ingredients, it's just the vegetable. You can do that. Like you can get packets of frozen spinach or frozen peas, and that's perfectly fine, too. Um, one of the things I like to do is buy like the big containers of like the pre-washed greens. So mm -hmm. like baby spinach, baby kale. So it makes it so easy for me to throw together a salad. 
So I always buy lots of lemons and limes because that's how I dress my salads. I just put fresh lemon juice, olive oil, a little salt. So it's so easy. And then um, I recommend you keep some good nuts because nuts are great to, to snack on. They're so good to top your salad with for the crunch. So walnuts, almonds, whatever you like. Uh, nuts are also great to throw into a smoothie. Like, for example, walnuts, if you add a little bit to your smoothie, it makes it creamy, really nice and creamy. Um, and then sometimes you, it also helps to keep like a really high quality protein powder on hand so that you can make a quick smoothie anytime. So some of my patients, they like, um, uh, like a bone broth protein, some like, like a vegetarian pea protein, but all you need to really throw together a smoothie is just get a, a scoop of protein powder, throw in a handful of greens, a few nuts, you know, a little, uh, unsweetened almond milk and, wind, and you know, you have a beautiful, healthy smoothie. So you can do that anytime, you know, really quick. Um, my other uh, really good tip is if you like soup, that's a great one because you can make a big pot of like chicken soup loaded in veggies. And uh, it's so hydrating and soothing and it'll last for a couple days. So that's one of my favorites. Um, and then as far as protein, some easy quality proteins are like eggs because they're easy to make and they're so nutritious. Um, and then they also sell um, like wild salmon now in BPA-free cans. Yeah, it's really easy. Just put that on your salad to get some good quality protein. That's great. You've actually mentioned the things um, on the weeks um, that I prepare just a bit, and so we we have done this where I am now making a big pot of soup um, yeah. on Sundays um, in preparation for the beginning of my week. And what it does is it keeps us from, you know, we had a baseball game last night. And so rather than just stopping by and doing fast food, oh yeah, I can grab some soup because it's, you know, it's already made. And so really making sure that I prepare for the week. I love yeah. this idea. And actually the smoothie thing is like <laughs> the total PCOS diet thing. So um, I have like 17 recipes for, for smoothies. So I'm, I'm not a fan of smoothie and um, I like, I love them. So I, I think and it's so easy for breakfast. Um, I have to find something else to make for my kids. Um, but to your point, trying to do healthy eating, if I make a lot of eggs, yeah. um, this seems to be this seems to be something that satisfies them. So let's talk about toxins. So you oh. know, times when you talk about toxins, so what? There's a lot of things that are on the market, and so like when you go to the market, you see all of these you know, supplements and, you know, things like this that, that say that they remove toxins. So talk about a little bit about that and then how you would recommend us interacting with those suggestions. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, you know, we're all exposed to toxins all the time, you know, whether it's from our food or the environment. Um, I think one of the first things you want to do is just hydrate really aggressively because that's how you flush out every cell in your body. So you don't want to overlook something as simple as hydration. Um, again, it could be, uh, lemon water, regular water, and a lot of my patients even like celery juice. Mm -hmm. Celery juice is so hydrating, so full of vitamin C and minerals. Um, it just pulls out, very alkaline, pulls out toxins. Um, also, a, a little bit of a natural diuretic, so it pulls out extra swelling and fluids. Um, the other, as far as food goes, I recommend, you know, bitter greens, like the arugula, chard, dandelion greens. They promote the liver detox pathways, so that's really big. Um, exercise is huge because you're going to sweat out a lot of the toxins. So I really encourage exercise. 
Um, bowel habits. So that's, again, another way you're eliminating toxins. So, again, if you're not going every day, a lot of times I give my patients a little magnesium citrate to okay. bedtime. Uh, because most people are a little low on magnesium anyway. So it helps with their sleep. And then they'll wake up next morning and have a good bowel movement. And then there are some supplements that do help with detox that I sometimes add. One of my favorites is um, glutathione. Mm -hmm. Glutathione is like the master antioxidant detoxifier for the liver. Um, so sometimes I give my patients glutathione. Um, the other big one I really like is a methyl B complex, which is this all the Bs in the methylated form, because that helps promote all the methylation pathways and detox as well. And then magnesium, again, like I said, is one of my favorites for getting the bowels to move. That's outstanding. Thank you. Um, I want to just jump really quick. We have a, just a, a question that came through on our, our, on our chat. Um, and I want to talk about, she, the question is, please talk to us about probiotic supplements. So I'll, that's a, that wasn't one of, um, but that's from our Facebook family. Sure, sure. Yeah, so probiotics, as you know, is a good bacteria for our gut microbiome. And as you know, the microbiome is so influential in your overall health. So um, probiotics, you know, I don't recommend them across the board. I kind of take it case by case, patient by patient. So if there is a gut issue, if the patient's having a lot of bloating or constipation or irregular bowel habits, those are times we may consider a probiotic. And uh, usually when we're looking for a good probiotic, we look for one that has five or more strains of bacteria. So it's a diverse uh, probiotic and also usually about 20 billion or more colony forming units. So yeah. that's a pretty substantial dose. And the best time to take a probiotic, usually I advise patients to take it first thing in the morning mm -hmm. on a stomach with a big glass of water so that it can go and colonize your GI tract. Yeah. So, but it kind of depends. Uh, probiotics help so much if they're, um, sometimes it's their skin issues like acne because we say that the skin on your face is a reflection of the gut microbiome. So sometimes it helps with that, uh, helps the immune system. I've got, and so there's just different strains. So in my practice, I do prescribe like 100 billion, 225 billion, some with prebiotics in them and some without prebiotics. So prebiotics are like the food for the probiotics. And depending on the condition, sometimes prebiotics uh, may not be the right thing to do. It causes more bloating. So it really, um, that's where I do more specialized testing on the gut so I can give a specific recommendation on probiotic. Okay, thank you so much. Um, this has been such a great session, and I'm, I, I was thinking I wish we could stay on here for 30 more minutes um, just to get um, some more information from you. How blessed we are to have you. You're so knowledgeable. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I, I have had a couple of shout-outs for you that have come through on, on Facebook, just how well um, folks have had success um, with your strategy. So I just want to um, invite folks to look at the bottom um, where we have some resources. We have um, a website that you can um, visit for that. In my last 20 seconds, we actually had a question um, on Facebook about COVID that I'm going to go ahead and just answer, uh, even though um, it, this, it doesn't necessarily have to do with nutrition. And it says, my mom is being released today or tomorrow from the hospital after having COVID-19. I'm so sorry. Prayers for your mom. Um, how do I safely clean her house before she gets home? What do I wear and what do I clean? Um, and so what I would say is, um, I would simply wear the, the kind of things um, that you're cleaning her house with. So, you know, I always recommend anytime that you're cleaning house that you wear some type of 
um, you know, of plastic gloves, and then you would clean the house. If you want to be extra safe, you certainly could wear a mask. Um, although I'm unclear from the question how long she's been out of the house or, or in the hospital. Um, but then the big thing is whenever you finish, just make sure you wash your hands um, very good and, um, and, and make sure. So I don't think you really have to do anything um, you know, super, super different than how you would regularly clean the house with, with those products. Anything else you would add? No, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Yes, I awesome. I think we're a minute over, so it's been so fun talking to you. Thank you so much. I wish I lived um, where you live and I would come see you in your clinic. So, oh, thank you, Dr. Uh, Thompson. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's how knowledgeable you are, and thank oh, you so thank much you. with us today. Okay. Right, you guys, thanks for joining us.